So let's talk December's must-have item in any marketer's toolbox, gift finders. Most of the products that are bought this month are actually for other people. Now, if you use Jebit, you can actually create customer quizzes that let you deliver the perfect recommendations based on who the customer is shopping for, what type of gift they want, and how much they want to spend. You can build and launch one today for free with Jebit if you go to tryjebit.com slash today. On with the show. There's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC by Pilot House. Hello and welcome to D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick here with uh, co-host Kyle Gilfoyle. As well as our guest today, Lindsay Shearer, CMO of Pins for Profit. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Pinterest marketing today. Now, Lindsay and I go way back. Uh, she was the very first agency I actually worked with uh, when I was running iStack training. We worked together closely on our ads. We launched some events together. We partied at some events together. Uh, and then after this fact, I found out that she is also this sort of like renowned Pinterest uh, SEO traffic specialist. Uh, she is the owner of a Pinterest focused digital marketing agency, Pins for Profit, and Launch Mastery Marketing. She has 16 years of digital marketing experience as, and has helped multiple brands grow to scale their seven, eight, and nine figure brands. Welcome to the DDC podcast. Lindsay, how are you doing today? What is up? I'm so excited to be here, y'all. And this is like throwback, throw forward, all the throws. <laughs> Love you, Eric. Super excited for all of the things that you guys are doing. And I can't wait to chat more. Yeah, exactly. So what what's just to even start broadly, what yeah. is one area that people are kind of messing up on their direct to consumer marketing right now that and how you would suggest yeah. they fix it? Yeah, that's a really good question. I would say a lot of folks are spending a lot of money on super high CPMs. Like I hear this all the time on Facebook marketing, just how expensive things are getting. And um, I would say that's one of our biggest champion things. And one of the reasons why I love Pinterest so much is because we get crazy cheap CPMs and we're just filling and flooding our funnels with really good high quality traffic. And you guys know there's so many dropshippers in the world. There's so many people that are trying to build brands. So once you kind of get past that point that you have a product that's actually working, then you've got to really get to this point where you're building a brand around it. And so there are a lot of different things you have to take into consideration with scaling and growing and staffing and um, and then really filling your funnels and not being reliant on just one source of traffic. That is definitely destruction waiting to happen. <laughs> Yeah. But I see it all the time. <laughs> People oh, are getting man. better, though. People are getting better. <laughs> and um, and I, I've totally heard that uh, that Pinterest is like a goldmine for high quality traffic. Yeah. Um, but we don't hear much about it in the DTC space. And so yeah. it seems like a lot of people are are asleep to it. And I'm wondering if you could shed some light on why why that is like, why, why, are, yeah. why are we not so, paying attention to Pinterest? Pinterest is kind of a newer traffic source. Um, so I really stumbled upon it like five years ago when I was running this huge a SEO agency and we were getting all these crazy amounts of links from Pinterest for all of our traffic driving sources. And I'm like, Hey, what is going on with this? So 
Uh, not only does it drive super high quality links and organic traffic that lasts forever, which is amazing, um, but they launched an ad platform about three and a half years ago. So we were early adopters and most people don't know anything about it. They're not sure how it works, how it fits into the overall cross-channel marketing, buying behavioral cycle. And it is still a little bit harder to track on Pinterest, kind of the metrics and the things that are um, just like our KPIs and things like that. You can see everything really good inside ads manager, but in the cross channel environment, it's a little difficult. And so I would say some people, if they don't, if they're not willing to kind of flush out the process or wait and be a little patient because the algorithm warms up a little slower, then sometimes they abandon it before it's just starting to get ready. It's kind of like SEO where most people don't know that the search engine doesn't pick up your links for 90 days. So, or it picks it up, but it takes that long to really register. So if you have this like panic <laughs> direct response feeling, or like you're not at a place where you can spend higher budget to really try and test things out, then I don't recommend Pinterest as like the first marketing platform you try. I usually recommend it's like after you've got some winning products, after your funnels are tested and you need more traffic and you're wanting to diversify, then go to Pinterest. That's interesting. Now, are you speaking mainly about organic strategy or, or paid and, and, and do they operate together? Yeah. So what I was just referring to is mostly paid. So the algorithm um, warms up slower for paid ads, but the cool thing about organic is unlike Instagram or some of these other platforms that your life of a, an image is super short, like maybe 24 hours, if you're lucky, Pinterest stuff lasts forever. So Unless you're going to, like, I always am constantly having to go through our client accounts and make sure that old links are still working and we're switching out all this kind of stuff because they get saved forever. So I literally have pins that have been on my profile for over five years that are still generating traffic. So nice. it's like this crazy, you just have to be a little bit patient and some people are not, you know how e-commerce are. <laughs> I'm one of them, so I get it. <laughs> I want results and I want to know right now. And I want to know every last attribution and every action that people are taking. Well, it's, it's not that cut and dry. Unfortunately, if it was, then Google would have a billion dollar solution for attribution already. Right. Yeah. I'm sure so, they're working on it. Good. But, hopefully. <laughs> but so, okay. So, so say a brand, like walk us through then a brand yeah. does have a few uh, successful products. Yeah. The brand is a little bit established. They're, they're experimenting with different content marketing methods, getting it out there. Yeah. What do you suggest they they do, you know, to start on Pinterest and then and follow us through a little bit? Yeah, I would say at the very least, getting some high quality images made for your blog or any kind of traffic or products that you're making. Just it's all about volume and consistency there. So we're like constantly making creating new content. That doesn't mean you have to create a ton of new blog posts or always have a million new products. You can just create a ton of pins for each product. So we're hitting a lot of volume. And then for us, we have a large kind of publishing network. It's similar to the idea of uh, being an admin on a Facebook group where you can publish your stuff into a lot of different places. And so over the years, I've built up kind of this idea, uh, almost like a guest blogging, guest posting type situation where we can share a lot of traffic so you can get things more viral for organic. And then I would say um, probably don't test paid ads on Pinterest until you have the budget to do it until you really have a minimum of three to 5,000 a month to, and that's still probably low. So have the budget, be ready to open a new channel, be all in for four to six months. And, um, and do you see a, do you see a difference in like cost per acquisition on, on Pinterest versus Facebook? And, and if so, yeah, could you, could you tell us yeah. what that looks like? 
Um, generally it's lower. Uh, over time, it's even lower because we have just so much delayed attribution on the platform because Pinterest really, first of all, it's a search engine. Everyone thinks it's a social media site. It's not. It's totally a search engine. I mean, it's got a little social element, but really it's search. Um, so that changes the buying behavior. Second of all, it's really like a purchase planning platform. So people are saving things. They come back later and then they buy. So there is a lot of delay. And so you kind of have to factor that in when you're thinking about trying to drive it to be more direct response. But think about it like this. Before you say, if you wanted to remodel your living room, before you go to Google and say, I want to buy this exact rug or I want to buy this exact lamp, you're going to Pinterest to get inspiration on what do you want your room to look like? What do you, what kind of rug do you want? What kind of couches, what colors, what paint colors, what, you know, all of these kinds of things getting inspiration. And if you have a high quality brand on, on Pinterest, people will purchase right then. And so you, you have this unique opportunity to get a really first look at the brand before a person is intentionally searching like on think, Google, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. That's uh, I think that's a huge value rocket actually. Yeah. Uh, just sort of re uh, re um, outfitting how you look at Pinterest as a, um, as a, a purchase planning platform yeah. and and how how a brand can position its products in that context of um you know yeah how how can you fit into that purchase planning uh because it's still uh, discovery but it's yeah. but it's discovery with intent yes right it's not interruptive it's people that are doing yes. these planning sessions mostly women i think you probably have to say yeah, what's what's the breakdown uh like, it's really still about 83 percent women okay we only take on brands that serve women generally, unless Good it's like know. a gift thing that we think women will buy for men. Mm -hmm. But I, I generally don't like to mess with men's products on there yet. Not yet. Makes Still sense. Waiting. And, and so, <laughs> so go ahead, Kyle. Okay. So what, so could you give us a few examples of, of, yeah. of brands that do really, really shine well on Pinterest? Yeah, absolutely. So beauty brands, hair brands, makeup, eyelash extensions, um, let's see home decor does really well. We have a home, I probably our best performing client as a home decor brand. Um, lots of different fashion brands. If you're in a good, and even some of the more expensive brands, I'm generally surprised at the price points that we can push on there, but we've tried everything you can think of all different kind of gifts, custom stuff, um, things that are European that you wouldn't normally think of in the United States, toys, all kinds of stuff. Awesome. Eric, did you want to ask your, uh, your question? I was just wondering about the actual content you're yeah. pinning and, and whether it's like one of the things we try to do with our content, we, you know, eat the whole beast, use, use yeah. the content as many times as possible. I'm wondering if you're, if you're just, if you're, um, creating custom content for Pinterest or whether you're able to sort of repurpose, uh, Instagram content, for instance. Yeah, you can, it doesn't generally get as high of engagement unless you've been doing it forever. And you're just like, you have a social media schedule or that's just scheduling a bunch of Instagram content. I wouldn't say not do it. But generally we see the custom content that's for Pinterest that's going to stop the scroll is more customized, is more um, kind of native feeling to that platform. And those tend to do better, get better engagement than just sharing from other means. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah. What what does it mean to be native to Pinterest? Yeah. That that it really is really lifestyle focused, really, really focused on helping people imagine what this product would be like in their lives? Absolutely. Lifestyle images do like 90% better than anything else for sure. Uh, the longer image size, super short videos, um, long videos don't do well. We've tried everything as far as like VSLs and those type of landing pages don't really do well either. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, they, they don't have that authenticity yeah. that they're seeing with, with Pinterest. Yeah. 
it's even when it would come to some of the UGC, I bet. Like, or is it does UGC live on Pinterest? You know, user generated content reviews, things yeah, like that. No, not really. Um, if we're gonna do any type of reviews, then we make it look nice and professional and actually like custom make the images. But no, user generated content doesn't really do that well. Not as well as you would hope. Um, if it's if it's more finished, yes. If it's just like somebody's home video, not so much, which is weird because it's a DIY platform. And I say that with almost like a grain of salt because some of the images that we make are not always very polished because they don't always perform as well. Mm. So kind of like this whole DIY blogging atmosphere tends to perform better than like super premium, pristine content. I always try both and I'm amazed at how much like the less polished stuff does. <laughs> well, it it actually, uh, it reminds me of, of my own roadblock. Cause I remember probably like a year ago or something. I remember discovering that, that it was such a source of high quality traffic. And so I tried to, I tried to have a, a bartending company or a bartender training company. And so I tried to get into the Pinterest game and I got really blocked by how different the platform is from what I'm used to and, and formatting the images, yeah. you know, properly so that it, it looks good. And I, so what I'm, I'm wondering is, could you tell us what the pain free process is to, you know, to populate your, your Pinterest, uh, feed? Oh, good. Um, I don't know um, that there's a hundred percent pain free process. The pain free yeah. process is hire us to do it for you. She would have patented it already. It would be on her website as the pain-free yeah, patented I wish. process. Uh, and the hard thing is, it's just like anything else. You really have to test a lot of stuff. So there's not always like a specific, like I was saying, I'm consistently amazed. I mean, we try stuff all the time. The algorithm changes. They have a new trending tool, which is actually interesting that we've been using and utilizing a lot because again, it has a lot to do with keywords. So the search volumes on keywords change a lot. So we are just always testing and trying new content. And they have all these like hidden relevancy scores that I only know because I've like spent thousands of hours with our reps, like diving into the algorithms and all this stuff. And so there's like some things that I always wanna make sure that we're tracking as far as like matching up our keywords and images and descriptions and all these things to make sure we're hitting those points, but then sometimes they still don't hit. So it really just depends on mostly search volume. I would say people are definitely searching certain certain things and so we change out keywords all the time. Are you going deep long tail? Like what, what how does your keyword strategy change between yeah. something like a Pinterest and Google for instance? Yeah, so Google is more specific how to uh looking for brands and things like that. Uh Pinterest is 97% unbranded search. Mm. So it's broader it's more intentional um, outcome driven, I would say. So they're looking for like how to plan a party or planning a wedding or like I was doing an example last week and it was like vintage inspired couches that are blue. Like, so, so there is kind of some element of that like medium longer tail that's specific, but I would say in general, we're always starting pretty broad. So, um, so let's say a, a new brand, uh, you know, comes, comes, comes in your world and, um, uh, they, they want you to hook them up with some sweet Pinterest results. Uh, what, <laughs> uh, what are, what are some of those, uh, results they might be able to expect? And, and could you take us through, uh, maybe, uh, your, your process? 
Yeah, absolutely. So it really depends. Obviously, we're trying to hit target KPIs as far as um, CPAs and hitting. We always are going to hit much lower CPMs and you'll probably see them most anywhere else. Snapchat sometimes comes close. Um, but I would say that in general, the the most important thing is having really good, consistent content creation. So that's we actually do all creatives in house because of that reason. Sometimes we'll work with creative teams. And like you were saying, there's always this kind of back and forth block of like actually getting things done. So not only that, we have ha a full internal development team too, because Pinterest is a nightmare for tracking. So we've just kind of had to hire everything in house because it really is like almost impossible to find anyone that actually knows how to cross channel attribute, get the pixels installed correctly with all, we have all these custom codes and containers and things we've built for GTM. And so I would say, I generally would probably not recommend that people don't do it without help. Um, I consistently audit accounts that come that come to me and they're just like a cluster disaster. So I'm like, no wonder you're not getting that good of results. It's hard. It's kind of hard. It's a harder, it's a harder win sometimes than Facebook um, as far as making it direct response and selling like right now. But long term, if people can be patient and just wait some of it out, test some of the keywords, be willing to go down the road with us of like testing and trying keywords and trying images. It's kind of in the beginning is a little bit of, a, it's kind of a lot of work initially to really test things out, make sure their, their landing pages are actually going to be driving direct response. So we generally don't take on super small advertisers anymore. It's totally. just hard. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, well, it really, it really sounds like yeah. an extension to your S yeah. SEO strategy, yeah. right? So it's like a lot of, you know, in upfront investing and then, you know, you're really trying to reap the long-term rewards. Um, so, okay. So, so of course one option is to, is to, to hire you. Yeah. Uh, could you, could you also for, for anybody who, um, who does want to maybe go yeah. in-house, what, what does the Pinterest dream team, uh, look like? How, how would you go about assembling that team? Yeah, I would say for sure you've got to have analytics master, like ideally a GTM master uh, who understands how to write custom code for sites and can master if you're going to use any kind of external checkouts. That's a little difficult with Pinterest. They don't like anything that's like um, not built in native Shopify, for example. So that's a little bit hard. There's a lot of troubleshooting. You've got to get a good creative team that's consistently making images. And then somebody who has a good idea and understanding of media buying and planning. So probably who has a better understanding of like a Google, more of a Google type background, like search engine versus it's, it still has a social media buying element and the interface is similar but I would say in general, probably a better would be more of like a PPC type background. And then someone to handle the stylistic aspects of it yeah. as well in a way, right? Like sure to be able to right. know how to put, put, you know, make the images connect with people yeah. in a way that sells. That, so definitely content. And then I would say crowing too. Conversion rate optimization is, that's something that's consistently underutilized, I think, in the e-com world. I think unless things are drastic, most people are not bringing on CRO experts, but if you can start that from the beginning, and I'm a huge fan, most people skip the most important part of starting a brand, and that is doing surveys. Doing surveys, really determining what your audience wants, how are they buying, are they impulse buying, are they emotionally buying, are they, you know, what does their buying process look like for your product? 
that's a huge thing that most people don't do. And it shocks me that there's, but I feel like you can only hit a certain level of success if you're not doing a deep dive into your customer experience and into your customer search intention. So what, what, what would you say are the, um, the, the two most important, uh, questions a brand can, can ask of their, of their audience? Yeah, I would say, what is the trigger for, what is the pulling trigger pull for your buying mechanism? And do they actually like the product? Is it something that they want? There are a lot of products out there that, I mean, you know how it is. There are some products that have a very short life cycle and you can just burn them out and make a few million dollars and be done. There are some products that you're actually building a brand. It's long-term people are having a long, you know, higher LTV lifetime value, higher order values, figuring out types, different types of add-ons that you can increase that cart value, things like that, where you're actually getting a product ideally that people need in some way that it's not just an emotional buy that you're kind of playing on some area of, I don't want to say weakness, but some area of desire somewhere in their psyche. You guys know, you've read The Buying Brain and I'm sure a million books on buying behavior. And so you understand that you have to really dive into that trigger. Yeah. And like what, what the problem that the product is actually solving, I think it's sometimes yeah. it might be hard to ask people like, what is it going to, what's that psychological factor in your brain that's going to make yeah. you buy my product. But you know, what, if you, if you can really dig down to the problem that, that you're hoping this, this product will solve for you. Um, I, I think that's, that's going to, going to be a really valuable question right there. Yeah. And, and I know, and I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, well, I know for I, myself I, that like, there are two things that I buy on one reviews and case studies. And two, like, just, I want it. Like, it's just a desire, whether it's something that I was going to buy anyway. And I'll just, I just pick whatever first brand I see. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll be, I'll have things like stalk me too. It's funny, like buying a pair of boots for, for instance, like I can scroll through like a hundred pair of boots and it's like, it's this, it's, I'm looking for the right silhouette. I'm looking for the right combination of price and silhouette. And, and so to me, Pinterest for that kind of thing could be, you know, we're actually just in the buying cycle for a car right now as well. So I'm just trying to like, you know, I'm really in that consideration phase. All you retargeting pixels out there, you can find me. Um, they are already. Uh, oh, let me tell my boot brands. <laughs> exactly. But it's those long buying cycles where I feel like Pinterest, especially like, is it something that, that, that you pull people who aren't in the Pinterest world? Like, do, is there ever a play where yeah. you pull people into the Pinterest world who aren't there already? Like, do you ever run content yeah. to Pinterest? Uh, yes. Sometimes we do test yeah. some really basic general stuff. I would say, I tend to pull people that are more just like consumers in the age range, typically. Mm. Um, and most of the things that are going to work on Facebook, et cetera, are going to work on Pinterest too, generally. Yeah. So it's okay to kind of, you don't have to get so crazy specific that you're only Pinterest users. Most of those people are going to be purchasing anyway, whether it's on Pinterest, Facebook, Google, wherever they see a retargeting ad, which by the way, that is our job as marketers to retarget you until you buy the end. No ifs, ands, or buts. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much, yeah, how, how it works, I think. You can't um, get rid of me until you purchase <laughs> I Speaking of purchases, I think a lot of people are in the buying cycle right now. And, and yeah. you mentioned a really interesting thing earlier around gifting. Yeah. Uh, and I think gifting is this massive opportunity. It, it's funny, you know, we know Eric Tosco from, yeah. from Shine On, and I know you know, the, the, the breakthrough for, for vendors on that platform, which is a, a print on demand jewelry platform is just yeah. all about finding those people who are buying for other people. And I mm -hmm. feel like Pinterest is, is super, super valuable at that. 
and, and do you have, so I was wondering in that vein, do you have any tips about how to be optimizing for the holidays specifically right now? Yeah. So using keywords like gifts for mom, gifts for dad, gifts for her, gifts for wife, things like that, those all perform really well, pretty much from the end of October all the way until February, which is crazy. Mm. Last year was like insane. And the numbers for this year, the CPMs and stuff are still lower than they were even last year. So that's exciting. Crazy. Things are still going good. And so, um, and that can tail into things like Mother's Day, like Father's Day. So we have some brands that really only heavily advertise during Christmas and Mother's Day and Father's Day and some of these gift related uh, times of the year. And so, yeah, those type of keywords, bidding on those type of keywords and winning auctions for sure is a high profitable winner it's double intent because it's yeah. not it's like not only am i gonna it, yeah I, I just have to think this is good enough for someone else in a way too it's not just yeah. like does is this going to solve my, my problems it's like will this solve my superficial perception of someone else's problems yeah. well and unique <laughs> gifts do really well some of the custom yeah. gifts that we do do really well um i was just purchasing one from one of our clients yesterday i'm like i am i love this it's amazing it's so thoughtful it's so unique it's something special that you can customize for the person and it's going to come in time so yay and it wasn't that expensive it's like yes winning combination on all angles i love it we have so it, so we were talking about things that this works for things pinterest might not be as good for we have a lot of food and beverage and like yeah. wine businesses is that is that it does that have a place on pinterest yeah, I, absolutely. For sure. Women drink wine for sure. Yes. <laughs> There's true. a lot of wine stuff. There's a lot of like, so the content that I would be creating is like you were saying at the beginning, like creating a cool cocktail, making a cool recipe, having a really pretty photo, something that kind of goes with the holiday inspired drinks that are like maybe eggnoggy for Thanksgiving or um, green, green or red for Christmas, things like that. So that you can have like a fruity strawberry thing that matches all of, you know how women are, we want it to match everything and it's gotta look nice and all yeah. this kind of stuff and be easy, but also fun. And, and just blow everyone else away and make other yes. people feel inferior because they Fancy. couldn't put together the holiday as well. Here's a magical yeah. table that I designed for you to have your daiquiri on. <laughs> uh, and, and I just think back to the organic and paid discussion. It's like when when you're creating paid content for Facebook or paid content yeah. for um, for Instagram, quite often it's going to be different than the content yeah. that you're creating organically. But from what I'm hearing with Pinterest, it's like you go into it and that content is one and the same. And you really should kind of be, you don't have to set an organic base or build up a big following or anything like that. You can go into it right away with well thought out posts that you're putting yeah. budget behind. Oh yeah. I would say absolutely. With our organic stuff, we don't drive as hard to like purchase, like the calls to action are not as like buy now. They're more like read more on the blog. And then the blog is actually a funnel that they're mm. trying to drive someone to either Amazon or wherever they're purchasing Shopify. Um, but yeah, you can definitely start right away with both. The cool thing about Pinterest is so even after your attribution window expires, people have already been saving stuff and they're coming back later to purchase. So then that just hits them again with organic. So they're going to get it saved. It's still going to have that search volume with keywords and all that kind of stuff. So we don't do it at, I guess sometimes it depends on the client's goals, like your brand goals. Some brands are not super heavy on the calls to action. So we don't go as hard there. So it really and, just depends on your goal. And, mm -hmm. and is there, is there like a, a best practice around uh, cadence or velocity? Like how, how often uh, folks should be, should be publishing? testing new pins um we pin like crazy people <laughs> um, i would say 
Um, a few times a week minimum. If you're just like starting out. And like I said, you don't have to create a million blog posts. You can just create a bunch of pins for one blog post. Mm. So, and I'm always going in and cycling through new pins for even our way old blog posts. Got may it. as well. You've made the traffic or you've made the, made the content. You may yeah. as well use it. And you can kind of refresh it again and again with, oh, yeah. with new pins. Absolutely. The whole beast. Love yes. it. The beast. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm super curious about, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at your post in the back that says launch, launch mastery. Yeah. Um, and you know, Eric and I are are doing a bit of a, a launch uh, for DTC Plus, and um, we'd I think we'd love to hear about your process uh, yeah. around launching and and how how the hell we can master it. Yeah. So tell me more about like your goal. Do you have like a KPI goal? Do you have like a new membership goal? And how fast are you thinking you want to do it? a good question like right right now we have our d2c list which has been growing this whole time and we're kind of now siphoning off people who have been interested in the challenge which was this uh, this sort of these monthly things that we're going to be running these workshops uh and then from there we we and so we we sort of converted let's say five percent to the challenge and then 10 to 15 percent from there to the to the actual uh the, the d2c plus membership community yeah. and so right now we're, we're you know we have the, these two pronged things one of you know, uh, maximizing the potential for people who to join from our list. And then also, uh, you know, looking at a cold strategy potentially as well. Yeah. Are you guys running ads or are you kind of trying to do it more organically? We're running ads to the newsletter. Like the newsletter is the only thing we're running ads to right now. We did run ads to our influencer flywheel challenge. Uh, okay. And we had some inconclusive, I think we had some attribution issues there, honestly. Yeah. Um, so we, we did okay with that, but we didn't grow. Most of the people came from the list. Yeah. Well, that's really good. You guys are great. The, the first good thing is that you're already nurturing so well, like you have your newsletter that's coming out and you have your list that you're emailing all the time. I always get all the emails. And so now that you're in the Facebook group, you're going to have a lot more opportunity, I think, to drive people to one place, mm. collect the emails and then consistently retarget. I would say, obviously, you need to get act like audiences going on, testing, figuring out what your best audience is. You guys already probably know this to some extent. Actalite. I've never heard anyone call them yeah. actalike. Are oh, we doing something different? Okay. Lookalike. Okay. No, I, but I think actalike is pretty cool. I like yeah. actalike is better. Yeah. So yeah. that's what Pinterest calls it. Yeah. It's, instead of just lookalike, they kind of look at the buying behaviors and all this kind of stuff, which mm -hmm. is really interesting. Um, but I would say the fastest way that I've ever grown everything is like we're doing right now: joint ventures, getting on everybody's podcasts and social media, getting in front of other people who have a list already offering them some type of affiliate strategy situation and you guys blowing it out of the water together. That's the fastest way to do it. And mm -hmm. it's going to be high quality because these people are going to hear what you're saying. They're going to love and already be wanting to engage with, with the joint venture partners content. And then bam, there you go. You're in the, you're in so, the So for, for, for example, um, yeah, we, we run an email to our list, uh, promoting launch mastery. You run an email to your list promoting yeah. TTC plus, um, well, can maybe something to, to consider. Yeah. And then you just offer them or whatever percentage, whether it's maybe one month or whatever you want to do affiliate. I do everything affiliate, all my courses, everything gets affiliated may as well. <clears throat> They're helping me expand my audience. And oh, then the other thing is speaking. I get on, I do tons of speaking. We don't really do in a lot of paid ads. Cause I'm just, we're just inundated with new new folks all the time. So, but again, knowing your audience, doing a ton of surveys in the beginning, 
knowing exactly where you're going to find them. You guys already know this. You're already speaking and involved in the different events and then just getting opportunities, whether it's paid sponsoring at events where you're meeting everybody there and just making it your goal to go meet, you know, be in the vendors area and just meet every single person you can and get a business card. There you go. You have everybody on your list. Or (laughs) knowing the venue, whoever's doing the events, you know, things like that. So what are, what are some, uh, some events that DTC brands should have on the radar over the next yeah. six months, let's say Do, or six to 12 months Looking at one today, obviously ad world that we just missed, mm-hmm. um, traffic and conversion summit, some of the big marketing events, um, Ezra and Molly are doing another one that's called the smart traffic live. I think next month, uh, geek out obviously is amazing. Yep. All the guys, Nick and James are phenomenal. Um, that's super high quality mastermindy, which is really nice. Cause then you never know what kind of doors are going to be open, the different kind of people and you have agencies. And so my, the thing that's always worked really well for us is like, make, make someone a good deal. We partner with a lot of other agencies who don't know how to do Pinterest. Awesome. We'll do it for you. We'll make you look really good, <laughs> make it professional, give you, you know, an appropriate pricing that's going to allow you to use it almost as a white label situation and grow joint venture. You can do giveaways are huge. I've seen so many amazing brands crush it with giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you've got a lot of really good options and opportunity, but I think you'll probably be in that like list building growing for a little while. That's just how it is. It feels like when you're starting a new brand, the first six to 12 months is like, build your list, get, get credibility, get in the, get in the mainstream. Love it. Totally. Which is what yeah. We, yeah. We've been, it's been a great situation. Uh, the way that we've been able to grow with pilot house, yeah. um, we're about to announce, uh, you know, our, our own incorporation pretty soon, which is really exciting. Um, but, but thank you so much for this. Uh, we always love to get yeah. free consulting on, uh, on our podcast. And one other thing. Yeah. So you can sell once you have them. Um, once you have a huge list, you can sell slots on your emails, advertising slots and through your emails. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, we're doing that already. That that, that yeah, I was part, gonna say you're already doing this, aren't you? <laughs> we, we we got the ads, we got the ads part down, uh, and now yeah. we're really building the D 2 C plus side of things yeah. so that we can neutralize this. It's a self liquidating funnel, which is what jo- you know John Coyle. Uh, I don't know if he coined the term, but uh, but yeah, it, we we he was all about helping us create a, a self liquidating funnel, yeah. and that's what we're really focused on now. Because if we have that, we can kind of grow uh, infinitely. Absolutely. To as many Shopify store owners as there are out there who'd want to oh. know about these amazing things. That's right. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the D2C podcast today. If people want to get in touch with you uh, about uh, um, Pinterest or anything else, how should they do it? (laughs) Yeah. So you can check us out at pins, the number four profit.com. Also have a Facebook group. So if you search my name, you'll find me. Um, Yeah. And then launch masterymarketing.com too. So you've got, got all three. Very nice. Well, we will be inviting you to join the D2C plus community as one of our uh, resident experts. Uh, so if you want to catch more of Lindsay, aside from all those amazing things that she just <laughs> added, you can join D2C Plus if you go to d2cplus.co. Uh, if you hit me up at eric at directtoconsumer.co, I'll give you a uh, special discount for the first 100 members that we're offering. Uh, and it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to, to get it going here. Uh, and yeah, I'm glad that you, you can be a part of it. Yeah, love you guys. So excited to be here. Proud of y'all for rocking it out, trying a new strategy, launching a brand and all the things. <laughs> Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks for having me. Have a great day, y'all. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Lindsay. Bye. See you.